0: What if I told you there was a plan to take Rugby League to Peru? Well, tonight I speak to the man behind the plan, Mr. Jamie Perez. I'm Michael Carboni. All of this and so much more on episode 26 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast.
1: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos. The Rugby League podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chasing Kangaroos, and, and sorry if you missed me, it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. Uh, if you're following us on social media, then you will know that I wanted to take the week off, Rugby League Christmas, aka State of Origin, and I knew that you, your ears would be in, inundated with Origin news and podcasts and things like that, so I didn't sort of want to be drowned out in that noise. But as it turns out, a lot of you were reaching out during that time and saying, hey, when's the next episode? We need our international fix uh where's chasing kangaroos so i was a little bit like over i was a little bit shocked by all of that actually so really feeling the love uh, and I appreciate anyone that reaches out. Uh, I do this for you guys. I want to grow the game together. So um, thank you very much for those who, who did reach out and for all of you that have missed missed us. But we're back. We've got a great one today. I just had a really good chat with with Jamie Perez uh, from the Peruvian Rugby League. He's got a lot to teach us. I think if you're of South American descent in particular, you're really going to enjoy this one. But I think anyone that's, that's keen to hear about where the game's growing, you're really going to enjoy this one. But I do want to touch on some other things. There's a lot of golden points to go through obviously so I'll kind of do half golden points uh, before the interview then we'll sh- we'll re- uh, play the interview and then I'll do the rest of the golden points at the end so try and split it up that way but I do want to touch on State of Origin because what a great game it was last week um, obviously the result if you're a New South Wales fan like me was not the best one but what a game I think it was one of the best games of Origin that I've seen in a long long time and uh, if if you're showcasing rugby league to the world, then that's the game you want to show people and say, hey, this is us, what do you think of rugby league? And I've had a lot of conversations over the last week, week and a half about the pinnacle of our sport. And I just want to, I want to kind of change the phrasing. I want to get it out there. Like, state of origin, let's, let's agree, it's not the pinnacle. It can't be the pinnacle because playing for your country is the pinnacle. But I think it's safe to say that the, the contest that is origin, there really is nothing quite like it out there in any of the rugby codes, to be honest with you. So we should be embracing that. We should be getting behind that and saying, look, these are amongst the best players in the world. It's probably the greatest rivalry in world sport. And let's Im- embrace it, showcase it to the world and say, hey, everyone else should be playing this this beautiful game, the greatest game of all as well. So let's let's embrace it. It's not the pinnacle. Playing for your country is, but a state of origin, certainly very special. <laughs> This episode of Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by EverythingRugbyLeague.com, and it's all in the name. So if you want NRL news, Super League news, international news, it's all there, EverythingRugbyLeague.com. You can check them out online, obviously, and on their Facebook page as well, EverythingRugbyLeague.com. All right, guys, well, let's do the first half of Golden Points. Um, and we'll start over in Toronto, and pretty massive news over the weekend, actually. So David Argyll has stepped down as chairman and CEO of the Toronto Wolfpack. Pretty shocking, actually. And it all comes off the back of uh, of some social media comments between a Swinton Lions player, uh, Jose Kenga. Um, and and a lot of people were asking me what actually happened, what was actually said. So I'm going to read the Twitter um, statement from Jose, uh, and then we'll talk about what David Argyle said after that. So... Jose says, I have remained silent about the racial abuse I suffered while in Canada in April at the hands of the owner of the Toronto Wolfpack, David Argyle. I've gone about things the right way, but I feel that I need to speak up. After the match, I approached my teammate who happened to be talking to the owner. As I got close, he looked at me and said, do they allow black people in Swinton? And he laughed. So myself and Jack looked at each other and we were shocked. I said, you can't say that in this day and age. And he just laughed, brushed it off and handed over a drink token to me. This is not a matter that should be swept under the carpet. People who are racist ought to be held accountable for their actions. I've never felt so little in my life, and can't believe that people can still have such a racist mind. To make the comment is one thing, but to laugh after it is another, which made me feel so powerless. There's no room for intolerance, ignorance, or racism. Uh, So that's what was said. And after that, pretty much an onslaught on social media. There There was people on both sides of the fence, um, did he actually intend to 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 racially vilify Jose Jose Jos? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I'm very sorry. Or was it more of a dig at the town of Swinton? Um, look, I think either way, it's not on for for a person of of that sort of standing, especially. It's not on either way, especially this day and age. Um, it's not even really a funny joke. <laughs> so you know, look, it's it's. Yeah, a little bit silly. Um, was it right for David to stand down? Well, I'm not sure. It's That's the big one, but he has. Uh, and we'll read the statement that came out, uh, was sent out to Wolfpack fans last week. So David said, Dear all, I was incredibly careless with my words when speaking to Swinton Lions player Jose Kenga after our game at Lamport Stadium on the 28th April 2019. I understand the unwitting racist connotations of what I said and the distress caused to Jose. Jose was gracious to take a video call with me today. I apologised and we discussed the matter in depth. I also fully support his decision to go on social media. I called Swinton Rugby League Football Club, which I respect and admire as a club. If any other member of our Wolfpack family had made that comment, I made, on balance, regardless context and environment, I would have fired them. Therefore, that also applies to me. So I'm firing myself as chairman and CEO. We've begun the process to find the correct person, persons, to achieve the founding objectives of the club in the role of chairman and CEO. Interim duties will be picked up by our long-standing executive team on both sides of the Atlantic. My financial obligations, and this is the big part, My financial obligations and commitments to the club, players, employees, sponsors, suppliers and broadcast partnership will be met so that our objective to deliver the best club rugby in the world in Toronto, UK and France remain. I have not had the opportunity to speak with all the stakeholders, I will over the next couple of days. The Wolfpack and our new chairman and CEO will remain firmly behind the core values and beliefs that make up the foundation of this organisation. The world is a better place with more rugby balls in kids' hands. We aspire to create a global centre for rugby excellence in Toronto. We actively promote opportunities for transatlantic trade and we support local family-run businesses in Ontario. I'm very proud of what the entire Wolfpack organisation has achieved in the last two and a half years. I leave with a heavy heart as I've disgraced rugby and my family, which I love. Can't tell you how much we value our relationships with rugby players, our fans, sponsors, partners, and how much your support drives us to be better each and every day. The Wolfpack will do everything in our power to repair that special bond and make these uh make things right. I was wrong. I will respond personally to anyone that would like to discuss directly. Please allow a few days for reply. Sincerely David Argyll. So that's that's what happened. And I guess the big question was like will he pull out all, all the dollars? Is that the end of Toronto? Look, it's not, it's clearly not. He's still gonna be the owner. Um the question is gonna be like will he uh he he's he, he seems to me to be the sort of guy that likes to have a a big say in where his money's spent, which is quite yeah. I think that's fine a lot of people would Uh, so will he be able to handle that in the long run i'm not sure Um, so i guess we just watch this space see who will take his place and the question for me is will he take more of an active role in the london scholars now but yeah a lot of um a lot of interesting uh very interesting stuff coming out of toronto there uh very uh left field i didn't certainly didn't expect it so i kind of thought it was a bit of a, a hoax or a joke when I first read the letter of resignation from David Argyle. But it's true. Uh, that's what's happening. And, um, yeah, Toronto Wolfpack looking for a new chairman and CEO. So golden point. And let's go over to the Super League, actually. And, look, London have pulled off the upset of the year and possibly the biggest win in the history of their club. Uh, last place London Broncos defeating the first place league leaders, St Helens, 23-22. to 22. Now, I'm a Saints fan, so uh, I don't like it. But I can't help but just feel absolute pleasure for the guys in London. Massive win. As I said, biggest win in the history of their, their club. So congratulations to them. Golden point and over to Serbia now as well. So the third eternal uh, eternal uh, derby for the year between Red Star and Partisan took place uh, last night at the time of recording this. Uh, Red Star... Overwhelming favourites and they really showed why. 60 points to 4, they ran out victors here. Uh, so Partisan, they've sort of fallen off a little bit uh, this year compared to Red Star as well. They're going from strength to strength. Red Star, to be fair, few mistakes, few errors, but really there was no, never a chance for Partisan in this one and Red Star just continue to be the absolute beacon uh, for the sport in Serbia and continue to grow much faster than the others. So hopefully they get a good competitive game soon uh, out of Serbia, but let's just watch this space as well. Uh, golden point. And uh, Norway, I don't mention the Norway domestic comp uh, a lot, but I did see this one on social media come up, so I thought I'd share it with you. But the Oslo Capitals are 24 over the Trondheim Rugby Club, 24 to 6 in that one. So good to see the domestic comp happening in Norway and going from strength to strength as well. All right, guys, golden point. Over in the Netherlands Rugby League, so the Amsterdam Cobras have come out victorious again against the Rotterdam Pitbulls, 24 to 18, over the weekend. Uh, both these clubs are now equal second on the ladder. First place are the Den Haag Knights, so they recently defeated the Dolphins, um, 50, uh, the Hardwick Dolphins, that is, 58 to 18. Uh, So Knights are coming first, and uh, the Cobras will be playing the Knights in a couple of weeks soon. So that's going to be sort of a battle for first place, and I think it'll be a grand final preview. So that's going to be really exciting to see, uh, Cobras versus the Knights over in the Netherlands. Golden point, and over to the USARL. Now, uh, there's been a few games that have happened over the weekend. I haven't heard about all of them. I've been trying to dig up some news, and I guess I'm going to have to wait patiently for Nate Gladden's uh, wrap-up on Tuesday. Normally he releases it on a Tuesday or Wednesday, so probably by the time this comes out you'll have that as well, so there'll be some, uh, he's, I'm, I'm finding Nate, obviously, to be the best source for results for the USARL, and, uh, so if you follow him and listen to his show, if you don't already, of course, but the big result that I did here was, uh, the Jacksonville Axemen, so the Champs, they defeated the newest team in the Southern Conference, the Lakeland Renegades, 106-4, to 4. I don't know if I read that correctly, but, um, the Axemen certainly showing that they are, once again, the team to beat in the Southern Conference and perhaps in the, the entire league. Uh, in other matches that I did hear about, so Boston 13s, they got off to a win 50-30 to 30 over the White Plains Wombats, so that's their first win for the year. And the Delaware Black Foxes, 38-34, to 34 in a close one with the Philadelphia fight. So they're both in the Northern Conference as well. So obviously there's a few games missing here, but uh, yeah, listen out for Nate Gladden. I'll be listening... Guys, Golden Point, and I'm going to come back sort of home, or sort of home, to Queensland, that is, to the Queensland Cup. And I have to mention the Suns, Sunshine Coast Falcons. They've won 13 in a row, which is astounding. They're undefeated this year. Uh, Favourites to win the Queensland Cup, obviously. They just beat the Tweed Head Seagulls 36-0, to nil, 13 in a row, undefeated, has to be mentioned. Sunshine Coast Falcons, good work to all involved. Guys, Golden Point over to Canada. So uh, I want to mention this because some great development work happening over there. So June 10 is going to be the inaugural British Columbia uh, High School Challenge Cup. So between the Robert McMath uh, Secondary School and the Point Grey Secondary School as well. So this is going to be the first high school rugby league game ever in Canada. So just, yeah, the development there. Uh, really building those grassroots, fantastic to see. We're going to have someone on from British Columbia and Canada Rugby League uh, in probably about a month or so's time, so watch out for that one. I've locked in a few episodes coming up, so they're going to be really interesting. Golden point, let's go over to Italy now. So there's a couple of points that have come out of Italy, actually, so we'll bundle them together. But I just saw recently that the Saluso North Northwest Roosters, so one of our favourite clubs over there, and the, one of the new clubs, the Ambrosia Tig- Ambrosiana Tigers, they're putting together a nine under nineteen side, combined under nineteen side, to go over and play a regional team over in France, another under nineteen regional side. So sort of best of. So this is the first time I've seen anything like this happen over there. Good to uh, Saluzzo have been really kicking goals all over the place for Italy. They've really been leading the way in terms of club rugby league over there. But good to see the Ambrosiana Tigers joining forces and and taking it to to the French. In other news as well, so one of the rugby clubs, Milano Buffaloes, who've dabbled in rugby league in the past, and they've been quite a strong club when they have, they've uh, announced a partnership with the Marconi Mustangs, which is a, a rugby league club, or it's a social club, in South Sydney, so one that I'm very familiar with and any Italians that grew up in southwest Sydney would be very familiar with as well. But the Marconi Mustangs have partnered up with the Milano Buffalos who are now going to be the Milano Mustangs. Uh, and, yeah, there's, there should be some games happening soon. I spoke to the guys at the Palmer Cowboys over the weekend. They said they're expecting their first game to happen in the next week or so. So probably should touch base with Arazio Daro soon and see what's going on over there in Italy so I can bring it to you. All right, guys, so that's the first half of Golden Points. Hope you enjoyed that. There'll be more at the end of my interview with uh, with Jamie Perez from uh, Peruvian Rugby League. So really exciting, man. This was a really passionate chat. Hope you enjoy it. Jamie Perez, hola, amigo.
1: Hola, como estas, Michael. Nice to be, uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a chat about Peru Rugby League.
0: Mate, I'm really excited to talk about it, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot. We're going to dig pretty deep. That's but before we, do, before we do that, um, I want our listeners to learn a little bit about who Jamie Perez is. If you were a Marvel comic book character, what's your origin story, mate? Tell us about where you come from.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, no big surprises. But look, uh, name is Jamie Perez. Uh, I was actually born in Peru, uh, born and bred my parents, all my heritage is there. Fantastic. And came to Australia when I was eight years old and uh, living in Sydney most of my life and more recently moved to Melbourne. Uh, so very much uh, entrenched uh, when I first came here and got involved with rugby league at a, as soon as I got here and fell in love with the sport.
0: How does an eight-year-old Peruvian boy end up holding a rugby league ball instead of kicking a soccer ball around? How would that happen? That's
1: crazy. It's funny you should mention that because I was just talking to somebody the other day, uh, my uncle. Uh, he, uh, my son went and visited him in Western Australia, and he actually retold a story, the story—the very first story when I spoke about when I touched a rugby league ball. Yeah, uh, and I was—I was eight years old. I was in Sefton Primary School, and we were playing rugby league. And um, I came back home, and I says, "These people were touching the ball, and every time I got the ball, everyone jumped on me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. Why?" <laughs> Very funny story, actually, because I I didn't understand the concept and I was wondering, I'm not going to touch the ball because everyone's just jumping on me. But uh, that was my first introduction, very much straight
0: away. But obviously you took to it and you've you've had a love affair with the game ever since. Tell us a little bit about that and I guess how you got involved with with setting up uh, Rugby League in Peru.
1: Sure, sure. Well, uh, look, uh, at those days, you know, we had Eastern Suburbs era. Um, and I, when I w- watched my first game and I just saw the um, well, the pace of the sport, which is completely foreign to me, coming to Australia with no, no English language. And I took to the excitement of the sport, how fast it was and the flamboyancy that it had. And uh, I was sold on rugby league, even though I'm predominantly from a soccer nation. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with it more than the rest of my family. Uh, I was the one who actually really fell in rugby league. And uh, I've been loving that ever since. I obviously have some soccer um, uh, interest, but... Um,
0: that's okay. You're allowed to have that. <laughs>
1: we can. We can. My, my boys started playing soccer. So okay. uh, that all, that's all we knew. So, But from there, love the sport. And then I got involved playing it. Uh, I used to play in the Canterbury uh, Canterbury Rugby League area, Canterbury-Bankstown area. So I was there coached by some of the uh, NRL players back then. They were in the school systems. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, so I used to get coached by um, Graeme Hughes, uh, if you recall, the rugby yep.
0: league player. Yeah, definitely. Yes. That's awesome. So you, yeah. But somehow you ended up a Roosters fan. Talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah, because...
1: <laughs> I should have been a Canterbury-Bankstown supporter because it was the belly back then and uh, we used to go and watch the games at Belmore Oval. And I went to the school where it was St. John's. It was all pretty much... uh, I went to school with Kevin Moore, if you can recall the... The Bullfrog. Yeah. Bullfrog son.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, So we were in the same class together. So now, uh, like I said, when I watched the sport, I saw Eastern Suburbs play and uh, I loved the way they played. And that was in the 70s and uh, I enjoyed the way they played and um, just stuck to that flamboyancy, the ways to throw the ball around.
0: Mate, I won't won't hold it against you. Actually, um, look, they're one of my... My most hated sides, the Roosters, but I have formed a lot of respect for them this year, especially the way they they handled the World Club Challenge. And I think I think their coach is awesome. So i um, yeah. And and believe it or not, Teddy Tedesco is probably my favourite player outside of the Dragons. So yeah, um, yeah, a bit of respect for you guys. But yeah,
1: now, every every club's got a history. You know, you, you got your downs, you got your ups. Been through all that, but always stuck
0: solid. So let's talk about Peru, because I'm really intrigued here. Um, obviously, when you think about rugby league playing nations, Peru is not one of the first ones that you think about. I, I want you to share a little bit of of rugby league uh, in Peru or from Peru. And sure. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, look, it all probably started with the Latin heat. Am I right in saying that?
1: Certainly certainly right there, Michael. Uh, well, look, what happened was is... Um, Back in 2013, as you know, Latin Heat was founded uh, um, of uh, Latino Nations playing rugby league. And it wasn't until about a the grapevine of someone who was involved with a Chilean, uh, a a local of mine, a friend of mine, who was involved and they said my son had been playing league. And she said, "Um, look, you know, there's a Latino rugby league team, which I I had no idea about. So I went and watched them. And straight away, I got my son um, involved with Latin Heat. I got involved as well as sort of helping out with the training and administration staff. Yep. And um, obviously, um, as we've grown, as Latent Heat has grown through Robert Burgeon's initial, the founder of that, uh, it's done a great job of starting it for all Latino nations to, to set the path for us to go ahead. So, and gradually, uh, we're able to create a proving team, uh, albeit a lot smaller than what it is now. Uh, but we start. that's how we started, through Latin Heat. We started our own nation. So we're just following the lead as other Latino nations here in uh, Australia.
0: It's incredible what Rob Bergen has done uh, and, and Latin Heat has done because all of a sudden we're seeing domestic competitions in Peru. We're seeing stuff happening in Brazil, in Argentina, in Chile. Oh, sorry, not Peru, Chile, I meant to say. Uh, but but it's, it's it's really starting to grow and it's happened quite quickly and, and all of a sudden and it's all because of what's been happening yeah, Latin, well, look, heat.
1: there's a legacy that he's actually set there from that perspective. There's a history there. So, and so I have a lot of gratitude for Robert, what he's done. He's led the way, like I said. And so now it's up to individual nations to take that forward to the next level. And big, big challenges, but um that's what it's about.
0: So how are you going to do that? Because anyone that's been following us on social media and that has started following you guys as well, you'll see it's kind of been... I won't say it's the birth of Rugby League Peru, but it's, it's been a little bit of a rebirth. So all of a sudden we have this uh, Peru Incas brand uh, in, a, yes. in a beautiful jersey. And I'm really, yeah. really keen to hear about uh, the process behind creating this brand and what it means to, to your community. Okay.
1: Well, look. Uh, when we first started, we started as uh, as we played in the sevens competition back in two thousand and fifteen, because yep. that's all the, the amount of players we really had. Uh, the following year, we got into the Latino Nines through Latin Heat, and then uh, in two thousand and sixteen, we went as far as playing two thirteen aside. But we were basically borderline the amount of players we had to complete a team. You need a squad of seventeen to effectively be on the same level playing field. So we had to we had to borrow a few players. Uh, but now we've got a full squad as such. So the reason why the rebirth has been, well, we've been in existence in 2015. And the reason why I say it's a re, uh, birth of, um, Peru is because I've got a full complement of squad there that I've got to work with. So I've now set up an organization of Latin, of Peru Rugby League, uh, with ASIC where, um, registered there as a business, as an entity. So it's, uh, it's going forward in a, uh, full international um, platform that we're looking to go to.
0: So, where are these guys? Where are these players coming from? Obviously, Australian with Peruvian heritage. Is that, is yes. that right? Can, can you can you name a few? Where are, Where are they playing? Who are they?
1: Okay. Okay. Look, um, I've got uh, the players that started with us, and whether every one of them have um, heritage in from Peru, mother or father, or some of them dual from Latino nations. Yeah. Um, but the more of the recent ones, they've actually come from Peru very recently, haven't even played rugby league. Oh, wow. So we've got a mixture of both. Um, and uh, all I can say is that we've got three sets of brothers in the team. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we've got three players there who are three young boys, from, I think from 18 to 21. The Altamiro brothers, I think it is. Their surname is pronounced. Yep. Uh, the three of them. Uh, there's another two sets of brothers. Uh, actually, two of them are my... Two sons there. Um, Great. There's, <laughs> another, there's another two boys, uh, Jai and his, his his brother Isaiah, who's just come on board. He's only 18, I believe. Uh, so it gives an opportunity to brothers and family to to play on the same field. So uh, I think, uh, given that opportunity, is very special. Uh, you know, if I could even play with my sons, it'd be a dream. But uh, I think it's it's sort of brought given an opportunity as family to play as well. If 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 uh, the, if they're obviously both at, um, at a playing level.
0: You see a little bit of that Bulldogs influence, you know, the other family club back when you were growing up in that, yeah. that area. So you can see that coming in here in Peru. So when, when the boys, last week you un, unveiled the, the Incas logo and the, and the jersey. Tell me a little bit about the feeling amongst the boys when, when you showed them what it all looks like and what this is all about.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay, let me just um, step back just a little bit on to finish that. I've yeah, also, sure. in relation to the Peru players, now uh, you've got to remember in Peru, there is no rugby league. Uh, so I'm starting from scratch, but I can uh, be very happy to announce that I've actually already got a couple of players there and I haven't fully um, – I'm only going to start recruiting the next two weeks. So I've already got three players who are ready to start and, and believe it or not, one of his expats from here in Australia. No way. Uh, Sydney and he says, where do I play? He's living, in, uh, he's living in Lima. I've got another guy who's a Kiwi playing Union and he's uh, just moving to Lima there now. He says, how can I join? So um that's just the start of to me, those guys are the pioneers from Peruvian based uh teams as we work forward.
0: Fantastic. So we'll talk a little bit about the domestic setup and, and what you intend to do a little bit over sure. there as well. Um yeah. I'm I'm assuming that a lot of those guys are gonna be perhaps rugby players. Um, because that's they've got the skill set already and that's you know, there yeah. is a little bit of rugby over there in Peru.
1: Well, yes. Um uh, to, to my surprise, actually, when I started then uh, exploring uh, rugby league in Peru and I so I did my uh, review of what's happening from a sports perspective, and um, yeah, they've got a. Uh, lively uh, rugby union competition. They have about six teams in Lima. Yep. And there's uh, other um, residential, uh, more uh, outer, uh, outer districts where they're playing there as well. So, um, yeah, they're playing rugby union. They've been playing it for about 80, 90 years over there. That so, looks Yeah, yeah. I'm very wow. surprised yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know the full history, but I've actually come in contact with, I've been keeping an eye on those competitions over there. So there is some sort of comparable type of plays that we can probably uh, hopefully draw upon
0: down the track. It's really funny. You know, we often often talk on this show about how if you're born in Australia or New Zealand or, or England, then there's this real hatred between rugby league and rugby union, but there are pockets around the world where, two sort of work hand in hand and I think we need to we need to use the fact that rugby has popped up or rugby union has popped up and done some of the dirty work in terms of development um, around the world we need to sort of look at that as a positive and take that as an opportunity and say hey well here's some guys with some skills already that that are attributed attributable to, to rugby league as well let's see if they uh, want to come across and if they perhaps some of them will actually like our game a little bit more and that's where we sort of can get a bit of a head start
1: Exactly right, Michael. Look, I'm a true believer. If you look at the history of rugby union and, and rugby league here in Australia, it's the same principle uh, yeah. as for territory. But uh, I've already been in touch with uh, um, the uh, international, well, the rugby league uh, in, sorry, rugby union in Peru uh, at an official perspective. I've already had some pre discussions about what my intentions are of starting in Peru. So I'm hopefully um, working with them to how we can both coach this rugby reunion and rugby league and give them both an opportunity to play two different sports and potentially be dual internationals. So that's what I'm offering.
0: I think that's a good opportunity. You see a little bit of that happening in, in Italy and places like Norway and things like that. The, the trick is what happens after that. So once you get that sort of foothold um, domestically, how you can sort of give, give the guys on the ground over there opportunities to represent their nation opportunities to make some money. And it's, it's an area where I, I think, like you look at the USARL, for example, and they're sort of struggling at the moment because they do give their guys opportunities to represent. But when it comes to dollars, there's a lot more money over there in the major league rugby and and rugby sevens and things like that too. So that's where they're struggling over there. Have you yeah. thought about Have you thought about ways to sort of? And sorry if I we're sort of running through a few questions here, but have you thought of ways once you sort of establish a bit of a foothold over there? How are you going to try and sort of encourage the players to to come across and 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 go even further with our sport?
1: Look, um, and that's what I'm and that's what I profess to actually do as as I'm working forward with this. And, it, and it's very uncharted waters here, what I'm what I'm dealing with here. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, um, really, I don't know what my chances are going to be, but I know they're going to be great. So from that perspective, look, I, I look at it that those sports can coexist. At the end of the day, we're given an opportunity to potentially play two different sports and at an international mm-hmm. level. Um, you know, what opportunity would anyone want, want to do? And it's a benefit on both sports as well. The skill sets across both can be um, integrated to a certain extent. So it's a win-win situation as far as I'm concerned. But obviously, at the end of the day, I wanna, I'd love to take them out to the, the World Cup and those sort of things when we talk about the future. Um, there's opportunities in those Latin, there's Latin uh, uh, and South American competitions in a rugby league format that is already started. So there certainly are uh, the structure's already there. We just need, uh, we just need to um, build upon that, and uh, it's it's just hard to put looking at that crystal ball where that's going to be. But um, um, I'm, I'll certainly drive them uh, to where we need to
0: sensational. And when when do you see so? Obviously, a lot of hard work happening over here first. So let's let's come back to Australia. And we're sort of sure. jumping all over the place, but I'm, I'm fine with that because I'm, I'm sure there's a thousand ideas running around in your head at the moment, so I'm trying to sort of get to as many of them as I can. Sure. But coming back to Australia, so you're announcing that your, your squad of Heritage boys over here are going to be playing some internationals in the next 12 months. Um, can you tell us who you'll be playing, where you'll be playing, and, and what we can expect?
1: Sure. Okay. Look, uh, I've already had four games lined up with our teams. We're playing Uruguay on September the 15th. We've now set that date. Um, So third in the side international game against them. Uh, There's also the second game is going to be in the Latino Nines um, and that's run by Latin Heat. Uh, So there'll be about at least five teams competing for that. So that'll be In September, I was just talking to Rod Miller earlier tonight. He's confirming the dates, but it'll be early September or late August. So that'll be announced very soon. So that's our second entry. Uh, I've already planned and have an agreement as well. In February, I'm playing the Brazilian Rugby League team as well. Uh, They're up here in Australia. So um, And also, I've lined up Colombia in probably look about May, June next year. Uh, to play against them now, all these teams, with the exception of Brazil, we've played them before, uh, but more in the sevens and nines tournament.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a good opportunity. It's just fantastic. All these, all these South American nations. You guys are all coming up together at the same time. You're all growing together at the same time. and you have an opportunity to sort of help each other out, like all of us. You've just got all of these great competitors to to sort of lace up against mm. now, which is fantastic. Any goals to participate in the in the Copa Sudamericana? Uh, over over there.
1: Yes, certainly do. Um, there's currently... Uh, it's been in the fourth year now and, th- and that competition has started and that's the Copa Sudamericana, Ghana and that's all South American nations playing uh, against each other and La- Latino nations playing against each other. So um, this year is held in uh, Colombia, hosted by them in December. Yep. Uh, it's a bit premature for my team to uh, participate in that competition because uh, I've just set it up uh, pretty much over the last few weeks. However... Uh, I've already made my intentions clear to that uh, that federation uh, committee for the South American Cup that we're going to be an entrance to 2020. So that's certainly something to look forward to, and uh, I've certainly indicated that to my team, our team. Uh, to that's where we're heading at least in that next
0: 12-month goal. That's incredible. I mean, that that whole competition. I think it started out with two or three teams. It's grown. Yeah year this year there's five team five nations taking part and i think there's like a composite side made up of a few other nations as well i'm not sure if you're involved in that one but just to know that there's going to be six and potentially more next year with you guys getting involved i'm so excited for what's happening in that region
1: and that's that's sort of every play in any sport you know you aspire to you know to a certain stage be out there in a certain. Um, in, the, in the larger scale than just your local park. So that's the opportunity that we're given. The, that's what I want the opportunity I give to my Peruvian uh, country is get an opportunity to give them something to – they're very uh, passionate people and uh, I want to give them an opportunity to do that.
0: That's fantastic. And I think um, – you look at what Chile's is doing, I think they've probably done it best um, in, that, in that region where they've got their heritage players over here and they're saying, look, there's a chance for you to go back to the, to the motherland and spread the gospel, but they're also Correct. developing domestically their own, I think they've got about 12 teams, domestic sides over there in Chile at the moment. So that's certainly the model that you want to be following. Is is that sort of how you're pushing it for the boys over here in, in Australia, saying, you know, this is a chance to go back, give back to to your heritage?
1: Oh, hundred 100%. I've already told this. I have a Facebook group between uh, the committee, all of us committee members with our football team, and I've already told them, that, and I shared them the col- correspondence that I had with the Federation uh, South America feder- uh, uh, organising committee that um, we're going to be an entry for two thousand and twenty. So they know that now. So I'm sure they're they're very excited <laughs> So I'll give them a carrot to look forward to.
0: Got to got to start saving for those flights. Definitely, <laughs> that's oh huge, that's huge. And what- to that
1: sponsorship and so on, how we're going to do that. None, none of this comes from community support and fund support from a sponsor, sponsorship perspective. Um, but obviously, there'll be some certainly cost for, uh, individual basis. But you know, you don't get this opportunity in a lifetime to certain s- certain sports,
0: of course. And let's talk about sponsorship. So, who are there sponsors already that are backing you? Yes, um, yes, yeah. Give give them a plug. Who have we got?
1: Okay. Look, uh, um, as you may know, I've only really re, uh, the re-establishment of my of the Peruvian Rugby League uh, entity has only just been communicated over this weekend. Uh, yep. a, a new jersey strip has been designed by us. It's been communicated. Our emblems been communicated as the Incas and uh, our playing schedule. And with that, went through a, a message for potential sponsors to come on board. So going forward, um, that's what we're going to be getting before we can actually start um, building on to that. So, um, but I'm uh, happy to announce that we've got three sponsors already. Um, our first sponsor is um, Shield Security. Uh, now, they've been a huge contributor and support for Latin rugby league as a whole. We're previously involved, well, they currently still previously involved as a sponsor to Latin Heat. And uh, we're very fortunate that Sean Day, um, who's the owner and director of that company, uh, which is a national security firm, and uh, he's actually one of our – he's a Peruvian player. Oh, so great. So <laughs> he's carried on his sponsorship into our rugby league team. Um, Fantastic. He's been the first one on board. I've got a second one on board, uh, just a week old, uh, Fresco Marketplace. And it's uh, – Funnily enough, it was only it came to the grapevine. He heard that it was a rugby-proven rugby league team and then he got in contact with me, realising that I knew him when we first stepped into, when we migrated from Peru to here. I've known him for that long. We've lost contact over the years. And uh, he's come on board as one of our sponsors, very excited about the concept and he's fully committed to us. It's unbelievable that we to have a rugby league team. Whatever I can contribute with, you can count on me. So he's on board. And uh, the third one I just got uh, yesterday, and that's uh, from Attic Tax Agents. Uh, a director um, called me from uh, New York uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. Currently does some promotion work because he, he has a tax agent currently, but he's also promoter for Latino Fest from Australia and New, uh, New Zealand. These are big Latino events across Australia and New Zealand. Um, he called me from New York. He said, Jamie, I, I heard about you, about the grapevine. I needed to call you. Uh, how can I help? His name's Adrian C- Cacho, Uh, And um, he said, whatever I can do to help, I'm on board. I was, uh, he wasn't born in Peru, but his parents obviously were. And uh, he said, um, I'm in for sponsorship. So uh, I've got three. I've been very fortunate. I've got three very early sponsors, and I haven't even uh, gone out there searching um, uh, which I'll be starting from today onwards anyway. So,
0: word is certainly spreading, mate. So, and, and I'm I'm loving the whole the way that the Caribbean community is getting behind it. Like, we see that sort of thing happening with the, the Italian Rugby League and, and whole heaps of other nations around the world. So, that's that's fantastic. Take me back to the the, the name, the Incas. Tell okay. me, tell me about that.
1: Okay, look, uh, when we sat down as a committee, um, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about the committee, I think it's important because we're, yeah. we're a we a team who's running Peru Rugby League. Um, um, I obviously have, have been the initial coach for the Peru Rugby League team, um, and I was always involved right from the beginning uh, for an administration, everything, uh, working be um, the reporting member into Latin Heat for Peru Rugby League. And um, when I set the, when we wanted to set up a, a once I had a full team, then we were able to establish a committee. So I sought out the uh, the seniors. And I sought out Luis Fon is one of them. He was also involved with and Heat from an administration perspective. Um, I brought him on board. He's our secretary for the, for the club. Um, I also have Sean Day. Uh, obviously, he's a sponsor and player. And player yeah. he's, um, he's also on the administration for Latin Heat currently still. So he's also a committee member for us. And, uh, Jai Summers, who's our very first, um, captain for the, uh, Peru rugby league team. Um, you wouldn't think, uh, Sean Day and Jai Summers certainly don't sound like <laughs> Peruvian players, but I can assure you they both are uh, Jai. It's a very interesting story about Jai. He didn't even know he had Peruvian heritage in him. He only found out over the last few years just before he got involved with Latin Heat. Uh, and he's actually, um, uh, on board with us he's our inaugural captain
0: what position does he play and and where is he <laughs> he's
1: he's getting a bit uh a bit slower in the years i'm sure you <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> but uh look he I, I, he's a utility player for us I can, I can play him in the hooker lock you know a bit of 58 and so on but he's a uh, he's got a lot of experience he coaches uh, uh i believe in the country rugby league and in, in wollongong very knowledgeable rugby league player so um yeah interesting story Show
0: fantastic fantastic and so when when you guys came up with the name incas okay yeah yeah. okay
1: when we sat down as a committee and we talked through various of ways of what we were going to call us and and i did actually seek some input from our team as well because i think that's a team effort yeah um to get an opportunity you know uh we could think of names uh in the in the end you know we we narrowed it down to two and i don't need to mention the, the second one but I think uh, Incas won out when we talk about the symbolic of what the Incas is to Peru, and that's the it's equivalent to the indigenous affairs of Aborigines, and that strung the heart for everybody. and uh, And I think that's somewhere where every Peruvian can associate Incas to the Peruvian heritage.
0: So very proud for us to be called the Incas. It's pretty cool. It makes sense because you're obviously growing it from heritage players here in Australia. So to to really tie a link to that heritage again and take it all the way back to, like you said, your, your, your first people, I suppose. Um, exactly. That's, that's really cool. And you can kind of see that in the Jersey as well. So anyone that's seen the Jersey design and we'll pop it up on our social media pages again, after I release this episode, or they can follow you and I'll, I'll get you to tell us what those are later on. But the the Jersey for anyone that's seen it, it's got sort of like a red sash, which if you've seen the Peruvian soccer Jersey, you'll, you'll know exactly what I mean. It's like a red sash from the top, right shoulder to the bottom left of the jersey. So it looks like the soccer jersey in a way, but then it's also got this very unique sort of Inca-style pattern. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Look, um, like I said, the Incas is about an emblem that every Peruvian can touch with. So to me, it's very important that I needed to go to roots level we needed to go to roots to have that mass appeal to uh, all Peruvians, so that was very important. And the uh, national, the jersey that uh, has been designed, and I'll work, we work with illustrators and so forth. So um, it was about putting a connection to all Peruvians, and I think it, it, will, it has it will do that. But the, the patterns that we've um, – some modifications, obviously, quite a different uh, modifications of of a rugby look, feel about it. But in that uh, red sash, we've got Inca patterns that uh, I, we decided to actually put through that. And if you look at also on the shoulders, it's a faint line of the whole Incan Empire, uh, the Incan Empire patterns there as well. So I wanted to start – I wanted to include that, that real true Peruvian feel about it.
0: I just love that story. You know, when I'm not recording – international rugby league podcast i work as a marketing professional and and branding is something that i absolutely love and when i saw yours i just thought okay there's there's a history behind this already even though it's only a couple of days old and um you've done an incredible job tell me about like so when when the guys saw this for the first time what were some of your reaction what were some of the reactions like is it what you expected
1: yeah you know what um i really it wasn't released to the public until it was actually fully nutted out. And I've withheld it from the team because we were also waiting for the emblem to be completed. So that yeah. jersey had already been designed a few weeks away. And it was important to me to keep that in-house in a private way. I wanted to be communicated to my players first, outside of the committee. Uh so their initial reactions was just unbelievable. Like there was there was a lot of comments about how uh, yeah, I, and a lot of them have spoken to me personally as well. Very proud moments. And, you know, social media is a really good way of uh, expressing some of that. But uh, I think they're all very proud. And uh, it's a sort of expert, uh, it's a sort of response that I was hoping for, and I certainly got that. And now, that, um, now that's been um, broadcasted Australia-wide, I've got nothing but positive report. And it is about that marketing side, uh, Michael. It was built around that as well. Mass appeal, marketability, modern and also touching your roots. And that was very important.
0: Well, it's definitely a jersey that if you are of that heritage or you're, you know, that's, you definitely wear it proudly and want to really be a part of that. Is there, is there going to be opportunities for anyone that's listening to, to purchase jerseys or anything like that? Or is, are we a bit early for, for all that sort of stuff?
1: Sure, sure. Okay, I've already had a few uh, messages come through. Where can I buy this? So yeah. I think it's it's going to be a big uh, selling, good selling yes. item. But look, uh, we haven't even uh, it purchased for the for the team, so it's just been uh, because we are waiting for the emblem to be created. That was only just done on uh, on Friday. And can I just mention Beastware? Yep. Uh, they were the um, company that we employed to make the jersey, so they were very helpful upon the design. Obviously, it was upon our requirements and what we wanted, and they've done a great job. They were, uh,
0: they were the original Latin Heat jerseys, weren't they, Beastwear? They've been pretty involved in the, in the community, have they? Yes, they Damn. are. Awesome. They're,
1: they're the suppliers of various Latino nations, and yep. I was actually recommended through the Beastwear over there so uh, very proud in, in the work that they've done. Um, so... Um, the boys have really um drawn to the particular jersey yeah uh, sorry your question was about in relation to uh purchase them so what i'm going to do because i'm waiting for sponsors uh there'll be still another five weeks before i'm given i'm given the opportunity of time to any additional sponsors come on board so we can actually put that on the shirts so that's awesome. the reason Holding off, so I'm not ordering any until that's done. So we can have, obviously, ideally, I would like to have all the sponsors on there, and then we, um, because our game's not until September or late August, we've got a little bit of time to get those created. Um, so yeah, there will certainly be an opportunity for the public to purchase them. I'm working with Beeston on how we're going to do that. So uh, I haven't gotten to stage how we, how it's that's going to be actually sold and so on. We have some print I've had some pre conversations around that, but it won't be formalised until the next few weeks. But I'll certainly be communicating that on our Facebook and our Instagram pages.
0: Yeah, I'll keep a lookout for that because I'm sure we've got especially some Peruvian heritage listeners out there that, that might wanna might wanna purchase and help you guys out as well because obviously any funds would, would sort of go to helping out in staging international games and getting domestic the domestic scene happening. So
1: it's, it's all about, you know, a, a, we've created a non-profit organisation and that's exactly what it is. It's all, all the money, anything that's made goes straight back into the development of Rugby League in Peru.
0: That's good news. Well, well, let's talk about the domestic game over there a little bit now as well. Let's, I, wanted, I, wanted, I want you to teach me some things. Let's dive as deep as we can. What's, what's the plan? When do you see it kind of starting and kicking off, kicking off? Have you thought about where teams could be placed? How far have you gone here?
1: Okay, Um, because my the priority has been setting up. I need to have a working product here in Australia and have it all formalised with our committee. It's just Sunday morning. I was just given the uh, approval into the um, our proven rugby league um, entity uh, created through ASIC. So we've just got the you know there's certain um, administration. Um, process that you need to go through before you can actually then go and um, obviously start something in Peru. So uh, in the next two weeks, uh, I'll be actually starting to recruit in uh, Peru. Uh, Look, it will have to be based out of Lima. We're talking about the largest city in uh, Peru. Uh, that's where it will start. There's, um, I know there's competitions of the similar sport in other areas there as well. However, I need to go where the mass market is at the moment when you start from scratch. Uh, so um, my way is the way I'm going to do that. I do have a lot of family over there who are offering assistance and how we can actually spread the word. Um, I'm also going to leverage on some of the guys that are already there from uh that are going to play for us uh they're offering as well from that perspective to assist with coaching and what have you so um but by social media will be a part of it um and also um through our current network of uh peruvians that we've got here in australia i'm already getting a lot of messages of people that saying that yeah they would be interested in peru so um i'm going pretty much into lima i'm also going to Identify expats that are over there as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of Peruvians out there. With one of the guys who told me he was living there, so I'm obviously going to go into that particular um, area to try and get some um, people from there.
0: So, reading between the lines, I'm guessing there's going to be a team called the Lima Roosters at some stage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be be (laughs) Uh, the thing is. Uh, to
1: set up uh, rugby league over there there will have to be a governance and a committee over there of course from here, So obviously we will have, because I'm offering from our perspective to assist and develop and fund a lot of the growth there, um, there will be a committee set up there and they're the ones who are going to be running that side of it. Uh, there will be some association that we have with Peru Rugby League here in Australia. We will be working hand in hand and obviously we can offer them that expertise of how to set that up and players and so forth. So um, it'll be up to them how they actually structure that. But obviously, we will have some, some sort of input into um, structuring that.
0: Well, it all makes sense because, I mean, earlier you spoke about um, a goal to be playing Rugby League World Cups and to be doing that, you need to be an RLIF member and to be doing that, you need to be playing X amount of internationals, but also have a domestic setup with at least four teams. So obviously, that's all, all happening. Have you spoke to anyone from the RLIF about getting all that sort of membership sort of started? What's, where are we at with all of that sort of stuff?
1: Okay, yeah, thanks. I, and I have. Um, I've initially been, uh, I have already been in contact for a little while now with Taz Bateri,
0: Oh, great. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, here, an international development officer in Australia. So he's given me a few leads and, and, and conversations about do's and don'ts and uh, setting up a, a rugby league in other countries. So I've been uh, asking him for various questions. Funnily enough, um, I chased him up the other day about something before, and uh, he, he's in he's in Paris at the moment. He actually so, he was such a help to even call me from from oh. France to, to help me out. That's just sort of the support I'm getting from Chaz. It's unbelievable. I thought, what are you doing? Calling me? He's at a wedding in Paris, and he's <laughs> yeah. Me.
0: Didn't
1: have to. No, Jam, I'm here to support you. So it was just unbelievable help. Um, also, I've been in touch with Danny, Craig. K- Casangian. Kis-
0: Kazanjian, yep, yep. RLAF, R- yep.
1: ...manager in the UK. Yep. I have been in touch with him as well. Um, and we've done an exchange of the requirements to become an affiliated member uh, of for the RLAF. So I know the criteria, and that's what I'm going to be working with to set up uh, Peru Rugby League in Peru.
0: Fantastic news. That's excellent, mate. It sounds like it's all happening. You're actually very well planned, very well organised. And, and just to think that this was all sort of born... Over the last couple of days, but I'm sure there's been a hell of a lot of work leading up to that. So, and and there's going to be a hell of a lot of work to go. I think it's probably just the beginning for you. Is 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 there anything that you'd like to? I mean, you know, you never know who's listening. So, is there any sort of message you'd like to send out? Give us your pitch for sponsorship. Give us your pitch for for players. Is there any way that our listeners can help you along the way in your journey? The floor is yours, mate. Like like, let us know what what do you want to what do you want to say.
1: Okay, off the cuff. Okay, off the cuff. Type of <laughs> yep. I, I really don't prepare some sort of presentations and so forth. So I say it and that's just the way it works better for me. Yep, um that's great. But look, uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm a. Uh, I have Peruvian blood all through, and and there's nothing that's actually um, touched me to my heart more so, more recently when I I just went back to Peru the first time since I was eight years old, only in uh, October of 2019. I loved it so much that I went there six weeks traveling all through Peru, uh, and I went back for another five weeks earlier this year. Um, So I I can understand, and I see where I've come from, uh, you know, uh, for a better life that my parents brought me. God love them. Uh, bring us in for a better life. And uh, I see what, what, it's a third world country in Peru. I see, uh, you know, the the people, uh, the challenges that they have in life and uh, they the most proud and happy people, you know, uh, don't have a lot of money, but you've got all you, you, your you're, um, more well off and so forth. Uh, but, yeah, I love the people. So to me, I'm very passionate about Peru. Um, and that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm carrying through here. I want to do it for my. Peruvian people, um, you know, for uh, many years, you know, um, they, they, they do struggle and I see that. And I just want to give an opportunity to those young kids uh, in sports, you know, uh, an opportunity of taking up another sport and really uh, having an opportunities in life. And with our assistance here in Australia, at the end of the day, all us Peruvians have come over here to Australia for a better life. You know, I think it's time to put something back into uh, our heritage. Um. Sorry, mate. That's like,
0: no, that's okay, mate. I love the passion. That's, that's, yeah. That's great.
1: And, and look, and that's what it is for me. It's about I'm doing this for my people, you know, um, and I want to do it whether they, they're from the Peruvians, whether they're in Australia, whether they're in Peru. Uh, I just want to give them an opportunity to play a sport. If I can do my bit for my country, that I've, uh, you know, that I'll come away from and disconnected with. Um, I, I want every other Peruvian community and, and the public to open their hearts to their people. Um, let's let's give something back to our country. I mean, that's and inc- uh,
0: yeah, that's incredible, man. Like behind every developing nation, there's there's an absolute passionate hard worker that is prepared to do everything that they can. And you just from our short conversation, like that's you. Like I can, I, the, the you're speaking from the heart, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and look that and that's and that's that's, that's what it is for me and, and that's what I want to do with organizations you know and it's not just for Peruvian people you know let's look at society and everything as a such you know we're fortunate here to have opportunities in Australia you know let's give back to the people who don't have the avenue that we have you know the advantages that we have of life. those guys are out there struggling you know so you don't have to be proven to come on board. I welcome anybody just for a community support just get behind us. Um, and that's all we do. And, and it's, yeah, you know, people power talks and it's beautiful. I'm, I'm seeing it every day ever since I've actually gone out there. We've gone out there in the public and the comments I'm getting from people, it's, it's, it's uh, contagious. I can feel it and I can feel something special here.
0: Mate, love it. Absolutely love it. Well, if anyone wants to reach out um, and give a helping hand or just even to let you know that you're doing a great job, how can they contact you? How can they, what social pages should they be following? What's, what's the best way to do all of that?
1: Okay, just before I answer that, let me just say this. Um, when we mentioned about the goals of where I want to head, I want to. this is exactly what I'm going to do uh, and advise everyone, especially the players, but then also for the potential sponsors and community support. I'm not here for just a one-off competition. I'm here for the long haul. Um, my first goals is there's a South American, like we mentioned earlier, competition in 2020. That's my first year goal. We're going to make it there in 2020, and I'm going to take boys from Australia, uh, Peruvian players, and the Peruvian players over there, and compete as a unified nation as Peru entity. That's the first thing I'm going to do in the first year. After that, there's an America's uh, Championship, which is held every two years. Oh, yeah. those are only for affiliated members. And as we discussed before, uh, as you know, Michael, uh, that's where you need to have a domestic competition in your residing country. So um, that, I still see that as a probably up to five-year goal for us to have a domestic competition and I can actually enter in that competition to against other. When we talk to the Americas, we're talking about including North, Central and South America and they all have domestic. So it's, it, it's a certain higher level as well
0: uh, but that's where my goals are. Too. Well, we, again, we saw we saw Chile uh, last yes. year taking on Jamaica, USA, Canada. And um, I, I, it was incre- the, the first South American nation to do so. Uh, yes. It would be great to see Peru and more like you guys doing that as well. And RLIF has just announced today that they've confirmed those competitions every two years until 2030. So you're definitely going to get a chance to do that. So you reckon five years you want to be sort of competing at that level oh, as well?
1: That's exactly right. I, yeah, it, we've got to have goals. That's what we're going to set forward to. And, and I, I I know the challenges that are going to come with that, but that's my goal. And um, I think the players, if they really want to, we can do it. But uh, we all got to be there together and support each
0: other. 100%, man. And you're kind of answering my – I always ask the question whenever I interview someone from a developing nation, you know, to look into the crystal ball 10, 20 years into the future – and tell me what what it looks like, and and you're starting to answer that now. But um, where where if if you were to look at say it's tw- I always say 2029, right? Because I'm, I'm speaking to people that you know have been, the rugby league has been sort of established for a few years now. But I'm going to say for you, 2039. Let's look 20 years into the future. I, I, I want you to tell me where Peruvian rugby league is domestically, internationally. And and be as ambitious as you like. Like tell us what you where you want to be and, and where you see it by twenty thirty nine.
1: Okay, what some people may not know is the the, the emphasis of where that American Championship, uh, the end result of that is. Okay, so what the end result of the Americas Championship is when that's held every two years, the winner gets automatic entry into the World Cup Rugby League. Yep. Okay, the sec the one who comes second they get a second bite of the cherry. I think they play another uh, nation to get an opportunity to go as a second person into World Cup. True. So if I, if I want to be that optimistic, I want to be going to World Cup from per- Rugby
0: League. How That would be incredible, mate. And, and like, I love the passion. I love the ambition. I love the drive. Um, mm. I, I want to be able to, I'm going to invite you back on in a year, maybe two years, and, and just really see how you're going because I can see that you're in it for the long haul. And yeah. um, I, I just – I'm going to – and it, once again, I'll keep people up to date with anything that you're doing as well, man, if you want to share any news with me along the way. um. So having heard that passion, how do we contact you? How do we get involved?
1: I, great. Thanks. Look, thanks for the opportunity, Michael. You have no idea how gratitude that I have for you to voice it <laughs> to the public. So really helping me out in that perspective. But I just want to thank – First of all, is the the sponsors have come on board? Uh, they're very committed to us, and I'd like to thank them to get us on the map to start um, to start the first phase of the growth of Peruvian rugby league. Um, I also want to take a, a bit of a thank you. Now, when you're talking about running a, a, a not a club side, a national side here in Australia, um, yeah, we don't you don't have a. A, a ground, a football ground to play on. Uh, they're, all, they're all with the affiliated clubs within the local side. So there's obviously some support you actually even need to, to get a loan of an oval. So I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been involved for many years. Um, and also one of my uh, rugby league clubs that I was involved with, with East Campbelltown Junior Rugby League Club, and I went back to them when we actually needed the grounds and so forth. And Daniel Draper, who's the president of that club, I asked him how he can help us with the relation to the ground. He's been phenomenal and been a you know, so we can actually. I can say that we actually have a home ground uh, for Peru Rugby League to be played any games in Australia. So I'd like to thank him for that uh, opportunity to do that. And he's offered anything else to help with as well. So I'd like to thank those guys first. Excellent. <laughs> Also, in relation to communicating with us. Look, uh, social media plays a big role in uh, modern society, as we know. So we ha- currently have a Facebook page group, which is called Peru Rugby League 13, which is the romantic, um, Roman numerals, X333. Uh, that is where we actually, um, for all our supporters, all our community, everyone, to go on there. And that's where we actually Let you guys know what things are happening with Peru Rugby League. So that's one form of social media there. And the second one that we've just created last week was the Instagram called Peru Rugby League, Uh, and that's another form of communicating. That we'll send out stuff there as well. So we've only just launched that in the last few days. So those are two forms uh, as well. But uh, look, I can be contacted at any time. Uh, I won't give up the number here in the public. You can get me on those. Sites and uh, I'll, I'll be available to take on calls at any time for, for any interest in Peru Rugby League
0: sensational well I'll, I'll include those links in the show notes and yeah probably probably safe that you didn't leave your number because you didn't you never know who's listening <laughs> to the show as i said so it could be could be some crazy people no i'm just kidding but um mate that's that's fantastic and while we're giving shout outs and saying thank you i'll just give a shout out to chris reed as well so he's um he's been a big supporter of this show listener for a long time and he's been involved in in the latin heat sort of setup and he's been involved in el salvador and and um, Nicaragua Rugby League as well. He actually put us in contact, said uh, there's a story here, really excited about what's happening in Peru, and I think you should speak to Jamie. And I'm really glad he did, mate, because um, I just love meeting people that are passionate about rugby league and and certainly growing the game uh, as we are so and as all of our listeners are. So, mate, it's been an absolute joy speaking to you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank,
1: Thank you for the opportunity. And you're right. And a bit of an oversight from Michael so Chris Sweet to assist us getting this together. So appreciate that as well.
0: Sensational, mate. Thank you so much. And keep keep us keep us uh, in the loop with everything awesome. that happens and we'll let people know scores and, and game times and when jerseys are available and all that sort of thing. And and let's let's uh let's hashtag grow the game together.
1: Thanks a lot, Michael. And look, love your show. I've heard all the segments and uh, keep it up, keep up your good work, There's a bit of passion there as well.
0: I appreciate that, That mate. Thank Thanks. you very much. All you know, right, Take care. Well, you can't buy the Peruvian Rugby League jersey just yet, but hopefully one day you'll be able to purchase it on mascordbrowns.com or mascordbrowns.com.au. In the meantime, there's plenty of awesome rugby league gear, uh, international rugby league gear up on both of those sites. So check that out. And speaking of checkout, use the discount code kangaroo court. That's kangaroo, C A U. G-H-T uh, at, at checkout at mascordbrowns.com or mascordbrowns.com.au. You'll get 10% off anything that's up there at the moment with the exception of uh, Wigan Warriors jerseys. So anything up there, mascordbrowns.com mascordbrowns.com.au Kangaroo Court. Jamie, mate, uh, it seems in the excitement of uh, talking to me you forgot, there was a little something extra you wanted to mention so we, we thought we'd jump back on the line and uh, let you have, have the mic once again.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, mate. So one thing that I just failed to mention, and when you did ask, uh, is a little bit about players and recruitment. Look, um, I do have a squad at the moment, but I'm certainly not uh, – I'm looking at encouraging anyone to come on board. And it's not our, – our team is predominantly in Sydney, but I've also got players in Victoria and also from uh, Gold Coast. So I encourage anyone who's interested to play for us, to come and play for us and try out and uh, enjoy rugby league with your own uh, heritage players. So um, from that perspective, welcome players going forward. Also, um, I've been fortunate as well that I've been contacted um, with contacts of people from the Peruvian heritage with young children, as young as nine, up to about 13 years old, who have been in touch with me, interested to play, whether they can actually play. They weren't aware that it was a, a men's comp. But they said, how can we get our boys to play with Peruvians uh, from a Peruvian nation perspective? So that was very heartwarming for me uh, because uh, I've kept them on the database now going forward. uh, They're our future growth for our Peruvian players. So certainly all levels and uh, all ages are certainly welcome to join us in in our cause going forward.
0: Sensational! You might have to have like a Peruvian state of origin, mate, with all your, the Gold Coast versus Sydney versus Victoria. It'll be awesome. Who
1: knows? If you think about it, look, look at look at that hate where they started. You know, and we do have a, a state of origin uh, between the Queensland-based Latinos to your uh, New South Wales, and that's what we start That's what they started it. So who knows?
0: You never know. So if, if encouraging <laughs> all with per- Peruvian heritage to reach out. Uh, get on board and, and, and help out. So that's awesome. Was there anything else before we, before we wrap it up?
1: Look, no, that's about it. Uh, you know, in the end, uh, it's about the future growth as well. So it's not just what we currently have. It's to look at that for the long term. is the growth of the uh, league. So that's why it's it, from all ages to work forward to um, uh, a, a, and connect with us from a community perspective to build on that. It's it, I'm here for the long haul. That's the way I look at it. So, and the future growth is those young, the young kids.
0: That's awesome, man. Jamie, thanks again. Okay, thanks very much, Mike. Cheers. Bye, man. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that chat. Jamie Perez, uh, really passionate guy. Uh, absolutely love it. Can't wait to hear more from him as as this continues, guys. Up to the second part, of, second half of Golden Points. For the night, so as I said, plenty to discuss. So let's let's do it. I'm going to start with a media release uh, from the RLIF, which I received uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, June 9, uh, from Singapore. So I'm going to read it out, and I'm going to stop here and there, uh, and just talk, break it down, and talk about a few things as we go as well, and then we'll jump into the rest of the golden points too. So let's read it out. So the board of the Rugby League International Federation has agreed the process for the appointment of three independent directors following the review of its government governance structure, which concluded earlier this year. The board will. Commence a search and is aiming to make the appointments uh, in time for the next Congress of Membership, which will take place in Sydney from October 15 to the 19th. So that's really good. So some independent board members on the RLIF, which I think would be great, uh, similar uh, similar to what we've seen with the NRL and the ARLC. Uh, We've seen some independent directors come on board there, and I think, uh, look, you can judge them if you like, but I think the NRL has grown as a stronger brand, and they definitely have a plan in place uh, to, to grow the game and grow the sport and grow their own brand as well. So I think similar things could be happening for the RLIF. I'll continue on. So the board, which met over two days in Singapore, received updates on two key properties of the RLIF, which is the World Cup Nines and the World Cup uh, 2021. So Andrew Abdo, on behalf of host Australia, reported growing anticipation of the inaugural competition to be held at Bankwest Stadium in Parramatta. This is this is the Nines, obviously, on Friday, October 18th, and Saturday, October 19th. Uh, Twelve men's teams and four women's teams will compete for the RLIF World Cup Nines Trophy. So nothing new there. Uh, John Dutton, CEO. Of the RL uh, Rugby League World Cup 2021 provided the board with significant progress being made by the World Cup team and heard that the tournament is on target to achieve its five strategic goals, which cover attendance, finance, uh, legacy, profile, and digital connection. So, obviously, early days, but good news from uh, John Dutton. Uh, Speaking about the progress being made by both World Cups, RLIF Chair Graham Thompson said, The board was greatly encouraged by the progress of RLF World Cup 9s, which is set to be an exciting new addition to the international schedule. Uh, With over two years still to go to Rugby League World Cup 2021, the planning is meticulous and the excitement is building as we watch the final stages of qualification this year. Uh, Now, this is the exciting part. The board also approved the formal calendar for regional tournaments for the period 2020 to 2030. The tournaments will take place every two years in even years and will cover the Americas, Europe, Middle East, Africa and Oceania, The RLIF World Cup 9s will be held in 2023. The proposed Continental Cup is still in planning and the board will reach a final conclusion in 2020. So this sort of leads on from what we spoke about on last episode with the European, uh, the Euro Championships happening every two years. Well, that's all but confirmed now right here, uh, as as are the Americas, Middle East, Africa and Oceania, which we kind of knew about, but it's good to have a solid commitment from the RLIF until 2030. Uh, The Continental Cup... Uh, was one that we heard about um, earlier in the year. For anyone that's listened to this podcast for a little while, I think one of the early episodes we spoke about a potential Continental Cup, which was kind of like a Challenge Cup, but for some of the, uh, some of the sort of Balkan uh, and continental European sides as well. So that could be interesting, but we'll see what happens uh, in 2020 for that one. Hopefully it gets off the ground. So the statement continues, in addition to the official tournaments, members will continue to arrange their own bilateral fixtures, such as the Great Britain Rugby League Lions Tour of Oceania in 2019 and 2024, and the Kangaroo Tour uh, to the UK in 2020. I personally am really hoping to see some of the minor nations uh, get behind this as well and try and do what they can. We'll hear about some of those fixtures uh, in the rest of the Golden Points. This part was really exciting too. So the qualification process for Rugby League World Cup 2025 will begin earlier than ever before. Scheduled to start in 2021, it was agreed that nations must have achieved at least affiliate member status by March 2021 in order to be eligible to enter for qualification for 2025 finals. The qualification process will be designed to cater for a record number of entities currently estimated to be over 40 countries. So that's incredible. Over 40 countries uh, will be... At, uh, fighting out for spots in the 2025 Rugby League World Cup. Now, speaking of the Rugby League World Cup in 2025, the board also considered the arrangements for the 2025 finals venue and agreed that further market research needs to take place to ensure the hosting and the running of the competition will create the best possible outcome for the sport. So you will recall, uh, we're thinking USA for 2025. That was obviously pulled after the more sports debacle with uh, with the Denver Test, Um but still on the table, who knows where it will be. Hopefully we find out later on in the year, Uh, could could be finding out in Sydney at the next Congress meeting. Uh, On a wide-ranging agenda, the board approved the new digital strategy that will enhance the Federation's presence online and will assist it in its mission to grow and support the membership. They approved and signed off on a range of policies including new membership policy and will help the members to be more robust in their own organisations. Graham Thompson summed up the meeting saying once again we've made considerable progress during this meeting and thank the board, the staff and the membership for their support. We've evolved our infrastructure, our policies which which strengthen the organisation in respect of the key global leadership role. It provides to the sport. The committees cover the important aspects of the sport, such as medical, match officials, laws of the game, and the football committee. Critically, they will allow us to engage with a wider range of personnel from our members, other key stakeholders, and specific external expertise. So that's awesome. Hopefully, uh, the big news, obviously, is all that World Cup, the 40 teams, and um, the biannual um biannual tournaments regional tournaments that's fantastic hopefully those nations involved uh can earn a little bit of money we can get some tv deals happening all that sort of thing it's going to be amazing stuff and uh, i think we can agree with a solid plan from 2020 to 2030 in place Uh, international rugby league has a very bright future all right so speaking of bright future golden point uh, over to the Pacific. Uh, so Fiji residents defeated the Tonga residents 56-28 to 28 in Game 3 of their three-match series. Uh, Fiji took out the series 3-0. Really comprehensive, really impressive. So Tonga may have the big guns at test level right now, but Fiji are laying foundations for something really special. And look for the guys that were involved in this resident side to make up a bulk of the Fijian Canterbury Cup slash New South Wales Cup side uh, for next next season golden point and staying in the pacific so we we read this week that John Asiata was torn between two pacific nations so he obviously qualifies for australia but i i think you know he's not playing origin i don't think he'll be he'll be selected for australia obviously he has played for samoa in the past at the 2017 world cup but he, obviously, he also has Tongan heritage as well. Uh, and Christian Wolf Tongan coach has come out and said that John Asiata would be welcome in that Tongan side. Uh, Tonga obviously looking for halves, and Asiata is a big guy, but he's very skillful, so he could be looking to fill that 5'8 role for Tonga. Uh, they'd be keen to get some sil- his silky skills in there for sure. He'll need to make a decision in the coming weeks because obviously you've got Tonga versus New Zealand uh, in the Oceania Cup coming up soon. Samoa of, uh, also playing Papua New Guinea on that same weekend. So unless he can play for uh, Samoa in Leichhardt on Saturday afternoon and then fly over the over the ditch to Auckland to play for Tonga, I don't think it's going to be possible to play for both. But John Asiata to make a decision. Let's see if he goes Tonga or Samoa. So guys, Golden Point over to the northern hemisphere. And if you're following us on social, you would have seen this one last week, but we're hearing uh, that the guys from Canada and Serbia are in discussions about having a men's and women's um, test matches against each other uh, in the next 12 months. There's a lot to discuss, obviously, financially, uh, who plays where, when it happens. Um, It's always very tough for, for these amateur nations to get across uh, go go overseas to play some of these matches. A lot of the money is coming from their own pockets, so it can be quite difficult. But if they can sort that out, we will be seeing Canada versus, versus Serbia in Men's and Women's International Rugby League very soon. And that's really exciting because I don't think they've played each other before. So that would be incredible. Uh, staying in Europe now, and we're going to see Turkey and Greece doing the same thing in September. So men's and women's matches have been confirmed: Turkey versus Greece, and I think that's fantastic. I love both of these guys are sort of both of these nations, I should say, are growing at the same sort of time. They're introducing women's rugby league at the same sort of time as well. They're going to be able to grow in that region together. Turkey versus Greece is going to be really exciting this September. Guys, Golden Point, and speaking of Greece, uh, so you would have heard, obviously, all the talk on last episode about hashtag let Greece Play. wanted to give you a little bit of a Uh, A little bit of um, insight into what's happening now. So the guys over there are uh, staging a peaceful protest in front of Parliament uh, next week. Uh, Let's see how that goes. Not sure what will come come of it. But the interesting thing is a snap election has been called in Greece also over the last seven days. So there will be an election in the next month, and that means that we could have another... Another pu- another party in power over in Greece, which could change anything. Everything, sorry. <laughs> could change everything. So watch this space. Uh, hashtag let Greece play. Keep using it. Uh, and let's see what happens. Guys, golden point and over to France. So the final of the French Cup or the Lord Derby. Uh, 2019 has taken place, the Coupe de France 2019, uh, and this is like the Challenge Cup for France. So um, they've got semi-finals for the Elite One happening soon, and we'll be hearing all about that in the coming weeks, but in the Coupe de France, the winners were Carcassonne, who beat uh, S- uh, St. stevie Catalan, which is a Catalan Dragons reserve side, 22-6, uh, so really exciting stuff, Carcassonne, Coupe de France, uh, winners this year. And guys, final golden point uh, for tonight. So over to Poland, and we spoke to our friend uh, Tech Serczowski. Uh, I won't, I won't try and pronounce his first name properly, but we call him Tech. He's a Polish player. He played uh, for Poland in the Emerging Nations Rugby League. Currently lives in Majorca, Spain, and he contacted me last week to let me know that he's establishing a new club in the capital of Poland, Warsaw. So the Warsaw Tritons. Uh, they'll be starting training. Uh, this year looking to enter the domestic Polish rugby league competition in 2020 which is really exciting. Uh, so if there's anyone uh, over there in Poland or any expats that want to go over there and try try their hand at uh, playing rugby league for the Warsaw Tritons, let me know and I'll put you in touch with Tech. Um, but I asked him as well, I wanted to know what was going on over there domestically because I didn't know there was, I didn't think there was much happening. He said it's obviously early days but they're looking, they've penciled in a domestic league with four teams for July and August this year. So there'll be um, um they'll all play each other once and each each uh, team will host a double header, which will be really cool A grand final in september so obviously very early days for polish domestic league uh this year uh and next year look for the warsaw tritons uh to to take their place in the domestic rugby league competition in Poland well guys, it's good to be back. Uh I certainly enjoyed recording this one. It's been a really good one. The interview with Jamie Perez and also all those Golden Points. I, I was considering not doing Golden Points this week and just making it about the Peru interview, but I just thought shit, there's so much stuff going on in the world of rugby league as there always is. So I wanted to share with you as much as I can. And there's so much stuff out there that I don't get to share. Like there's so much going on. I could have like I could have hours of Golden Points. Like there is it's crazy what's going on. So I'm gonna encourage you guys to please follow us on social media if you aren't already. So we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram as well. And what I'm gonna try and do is post, uh, put some posts up every Monday um, ask mentioning a few score lines from around the world uh, and encourage anyone out there uh, to, to put up the scores on that post as well. So comment on that post with score lines from your domestic or national club uh, club or team around the world. So I encourage you to do that. Let's try and build that up a little bit and, and make that a good space uh, for, for international rugby league golden points and news around the grounds. So that would be awesome. Uh, Speaking of, if anyone like Tech wants to reach out and give me some news as well for the show, then more than happy to speak to any of you. I love sharing this stuff, love talking about it. Let's let people know. We've got a really good audience that is growing. Um, I'm hearing from you guys all the time. Uh, And if you do enjoy the show, and if you do love learning uh, about International Rugby League from us, then please, please, please uh, tell one friend. That's all you have to do. Tell one friend who you think will enjoy it as much as you do. Share it. Uh, write a review if, you, if you're that way inclined, if you really love the show. But um yeah, please just let's, let's sh- spread the word. Hashtag grow the game. Let's do it together, guys. And guys, I'll be back next week with a special crossover podcast with Nate Gladden from the Rugby League in America podcast. He's going to be in Australia. He'll be in Sydney. And we promised a long time ago that we'd get together for an in-person uh, recording. We've got some cool stuff planned. We're going to drink some whiskey. We're going to talk rugby league. It's going to be incredible. Guys, our theme music was written by Ricky Cancino, and Ash Barco. Take it away, boys.